What's up? It's another episode of Track Cocaine. I'm your host, Trevor Thebo, and joining me is Shay. What's up, Shay? What up, buddy? How you doing? And then DB's not going to be here for the news, but he'll be here for the little interview. Absolutely. We'll split it up a little bit. He's at a little amusement park right now. So last week we had a pretty pretty damn long episode, but we interviewed probably one of the most interesting dudes to ever compete in our beautiful sport. So we just go check that out. That oh awesome. yeah, that interview was unreal. I still I was found myself talking about it all week. Like that guy has done so much. Yeah. In his life, it's kind of hard to wrap your head around just because he was involved in so many different things for so many years. And he's still doing stuff. Yeah, and still at it. Yeah, amazing. But this week we have a lot to talk about. Um, USA track and field champions. Chips are happening right now in Iowa. We're running off a delay, so we can give you some updates of some of the things that uh, happened down in Iowa so far, but we'll have more to cover at our uh, next week's episode because we're literally getting updates for it right now. And um, we have an interview with a member of the Bowerman Track Club tonight, so this is one of our uh, biggest... uh, track club runners that we've been bringing on so far so we should have a pretty good show here today and he's actually a big track cocaine supporter too yeah he's a, he's a subscriber and he's a fan there we go so we got a couple people hooking on here yeah so let's get this thing started all right so what do you have for news shay well i think starting out the big news is my boy lolo mr lopez Lamagong wins the uh u.s 10k time i mean his time running through was 28.58. Solid, solid. But what's most impressive is that he is the first American to win not only the 15, but the 10K yep. in his career so far. Yeah, 10 years ago, he finished fifth in the 800 meter at the Olympic trials. Eight years ago, he won the 15 American US title. And then now he just won the 10,000 title. I mean, holy cow. I mean, if that doesn't say a lot of the mid distance guys today, I, you know, Brazier, Fisher, it's. You might be seeing these guys at the 10K, you know, level in years. You know, you see Galen Rupp finally making the big move to the marathon. Yeah, he's gone 1,500 to 5K to 10K and now yeah. marathon. See, seeing Lolo move up, I mean, not only being successful at the 15, but being successful now at the 10K. I mean, as older and older he gets, he's got, I mean, a yeah. bigger, bigger range of what he can do. I mean, he's only, what, 33 years old right now? Yeah, 33 years old, runs yeah. for the Bomberman Track Club. He's... He's a beast. I mean, I know that Lolo winning his uh, first 10K took a lot of the heat, but it was a very competitive 10K to watch. A lot of big names in it. Yeah. A lot of people moving. This 5K that's going on right now, I'm I'm excited to see what happens with that as well. Oh, yeah, for sure. And then I think probably the most impressive race so far, though, was Noah Lyles. The dude's only 20 years old. He wins the 100 meter in 9.88. Fastest sprinter in the world this year and not one, but two. Yeah. Two events. He's the youngest U.S. champion in 34 years, and here's the, I think this is the most impressive part. So, everybody talks about Usain Bolt as the greatest sprinter ever. Yeah, yeah. Is he the next Usain Bolt? Because at the age of 20, Usain's PRs were in the 100, 10.03, in the 200, 19.75. Noah Wiles, in the 100, is at 9.88, and in the 200, 19.69. Holy cow. So, I mean, he's significantly faster. Yeah. And Both he's, events. He's a huge crowd pleaser too. Once he won, he was doing the shoot dance and doing like the Fortnite dances and stuff. He was he's just like Usain when he was younger. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, he's only twenty years old too. Yeah. I mean I can see I can see him being hyped. It's if if you're not looking at him saying, Hey, this guy has a good shot at being one of the the best, his PRs are much better than Bolts right now. Yeah. But 
Just Sky's gotta see. the limit. And you know what? U.S. has a pretty good younger sprint class right, right now. They got Noel Isles, Christian Coleman. Yeah, we're we're bringing a pro up out of NCAA almost every year in the yeah. sprints who contends to win it. Contends. Let's see, then oh, moving on to the 15, Mr. Matthew Centrowitz. I, you know, he, he may have gotten second last year, but he came in, closed her down, 343. I mean, With it's his the fifth title. It's the pros pro. I I don't know anyone who's been on a hotter tear lately than Old Centrowitz. But this is my favorite part about that race. First and eleventh place were only separated by roughly a second. Uh huh. Second and tenth place were separated by roughly half a second. Holy cow! So other than Central, I mean, it was a it was a it was a jumble. Yeah, I mean, Isaac Yorks. I think he went into it seated tenth and he finished second. Yeah, yeah. Place. I mean, place is spread. I mean, but. It's out of everyone who is going to take a race like that, it's going to be the pros pro. It's yeah. going to be the guy wrapping up his fifth title. Or the Olympic champion. Yeah, he's been there. He's done that. But Absolutely. No, my, my favorite part, Sanjo, he's he's pretty cocky. We all know that. Yeah. After he posts on Instagram a picture of him putting up the two guns when he cross finishes, like, hello, 911, I'd like to report a murder. And then after he got interviewed about, about that, and he's like, yeah, they know who the victims are. Yeah, they're about half a second behind him, two <laughs> through ten. I, yeah, well, what, you know what? The cockiness, I'm here nor there about. But you know what? If you can back up that cockiness with and, a W. And he you, has. And I think having, I mean, in some eyes, Centrowitz is the villain. In some eyes, Centrowitz is the hero. I mean, I like having a guy that, like, polarizing like that in our sport. Oh, good. Make him the villain. Yeah. Make him the villain. If you want to go out and beat him, go beat him. Yeah, like, who's the villain in the NFL? Yeah. Oh, exactly. Brady. Yeah. 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 Go beat the. Go beat number one. Who's what? the villain in the NBA? Yeah, take out Bron, you know? Yeah. I, we know we know who the bad guys are here. If Centrowitz wants to be a bad guy in the sport, sweet. Let him be. The bad guys get more rings. Yeah, exactly. And then, uh, also in the 1500 meter, Shelby Hulohan. Took down track Jenny ah, again. So yeah. Shelby went 405.48. Jenny Simpson was 406.21. And the first to- uh, seven times at these two races, Simpson won. Houlihan has now beat track Jenny twice in a month. Oh, I love this rivalry. Yeah. This is this honestly is probably one of my favorite rivalries in track that's been boiling over the past year. Yeah. If you look at it, I mean, Jenny Simpson, she was hyped up. She had a great, great youth career. Has yep. come into her own. Now she's winning. Everyone was like, "Oh God, yeah, Jenny's gonna, she's gonna win everything." You know, this is expected out of her. And now Houlihan just been on a tear lately, and yeah, loses to her five times, but now beats her twice in a month. And both times that she's uh, beat her, it's been just cooking it. The last four hundred, she went fifty-seven point six seven. The last four hundred. I mean, did we hype up Jenny too much? Or or are we hyping up Shelby too much? I think Shelby's too underrated. Yeah, at this point. I mean, later in the weekend, she wins the 5,000 meter. uh, Yeah. Only second person since 2000 to win both the 1,500 and the 5K in the same weekend. I mean, if you look at that range, it's, it's, I mean, you can't even wrap your head around the training differences between a 15 and a 5. And she, okay, so 1,500 has prelims. Finals. Does the five K have prelim yeah, finals? So yeah, four times in one weekend. Yeah, racing them both at the USATF. This isn't NCAA's anymore. Her her accomplishments at NCAA were twelve time All American. Yeah, I mean she doesn't have enough, you know, fingers for her rings at this point. Yeah, and now she's doing it in front of the pros, yep. in front of the people who are getting paid to do this every day. Unbelievable. Yeah. Bowerman babes are putting on for it. 
Absolutely. So what else do we have? We got uh, Deanna Price, hammer throw, new American record. Yeah, but this is the first time we've talked about a thrower. Hey, you know, we got to bring him up, but hey, this this was this was a big event. I mean, it's a new American record. And over the last year, she's lost 45 pounds, and then over the weekend, she threw 256 feet and 3 inches. Jeez. And all four of her legal throws were better than the former American record. So losing the 45 pounds, I mean, yeah. that... In this case, helped her at yeah. yeah. I mean, for a hammer, I mean that's that's unbelievable that you do it not once, not twice, but four times in a row. Yep, I, she's a beast. I don't know people who continually break the record four races in a row. Yeah, imagine someone breaking the American record in the uh, prelims. Yeah, doing it again in the semis, and then doing it again. In the finals. Yeah, exactly. It's unheard of. Yeah, absolutely. Then we had some non-USATF news, which I think was the most impressive thing that happened over the weekend. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Career uh, becomes the first person in history to run sub-144 in the 800 meter and then run sub-44.25 in the 400 meter over his career. So it's PR in the 400, 44.21, PR in the 800, 143.2L. Holy cow. That's cooking, bud. Yeah, that's like world-class in two huge events. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that, that's a most, shot at winning Two in of the most competitive event. events on the world stage. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you look at it, he just runs his PR for the 400 and then just runs 60 seconds for the <laughs> second half. I, that can't be that hard. I mean, if you, can, if you can throw down a hammer of a 44, 21, 400 on the first lap and literally just jog it in... Oh yeah, we got a one you got to a one forty three. Imagine that. Like imagine a race happened like that. Just at Worlds, he go, he goes out the whole rest of the pack. Drew Wendell, Brazier, <laughs> Rudisha, just back there cooking, still going fifty. But this guy's out there going forty four. Forty four, yeah. Oh, I know. It's just head and shoulders. I, it, you know, it honestly makes sense though to why he's so good at one and the other. It makes me wonder why some of those guys don't kind of put a shot at it too here and yeah. there. You know, yeah, just absolutely. being having an 800 race not be working out, I wonder why there aren't more that run down to the 400 meter. Or vice versa, like having a 400 guy who yeah. has the speed, get a little endurance on well, him. Yeah, well, you see more of that. That's more of the common transition yeah. for a lot of these older guys. But. I mean, like, so at Clayton Murphy, he's a huge 800 guy, mm-hmm. but he can also go up and run the 1500. Oh, well, look, I think Lolo, what we were talking about earlier with Lolo running the 800 10 years ago. And winning the 10K this weekend. Yeah. Dude, Lopez Lamont is a beast. Oh, absolute beauty. All right, so I think that's it for the news. All right, so let's get on to this interview. All right. So Shay's gone for the interview, but DB's here. What's up, DB? Hey, what's going on? And so today we welcome a former high school state champion from Colorado who eventually went off to run for Portland University. At Portland, he was a multiple-time All-American and helped propel Portland to be a national powerhouse in cross-country. After college, he signed a professional contract with Nike and now competes for the Bowerman Track Club. As a professional, he has placed 8th at the Olympic Trials and was a 2-mile runner-up at the Indoor USATF National Championships in 2017. He holds personal bests of 13-12 for 5,000 meters and 23-24 for 8K cross-country. It is our pleasure to welcome Woody Kincaid. All right, so what's up, Woody? How's it going? So, first off, your real name is William. Why Woody? Are you a big Toy Story fan or, or what? Nope. I just was <laughs> always Woody. My dad's buddy is Woody, and it just stuck. I'm, I really wish it was Toy Story, but <laughs> I've just always been Woody. All right, perfect. So, 
at first you weren't super into running at a young age. You were kind of that guy that was into skateboarding and soccer. So what made you fall in love with running? Because you were that kid that showed up to practice in jeans and skater shoes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is a hot take. I don't think skateboarding is that different than running in a lot of ways. Really? Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I I would always, like I, when I skated, it was always out and about, not really at skate parks or anything, so I was always moving, always going somewhere. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, hoodlinks, uh, okay, yeah, skating. Yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, always yeah getting yelled at. Hood rat, but, um, and then there's the risk side, like the risk in skating, you know, like I like to to take risks, and, and I think that that also was presented in running, and the adrenaline sometimes. Okay, best trick you could do on a skateboard then? Uh, trace flip. I was not like amazing. I, okay. Like, you know, I could, I could do a kickflip off a of four stair, which is so pretty good. Okay, not like good, but it's like above okay, average. Skate. I can't you know? do that. So, oh, uh, you can skate? No, I can't. I can't do that. So that's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, I know that off the top of my head because I, like, obviously, people like ask that when you're skating. You, know, <laughs> you play a game called skate. To, yeah. 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 Does uh, Jerry still let you skate? No, no, I haven't skated since I was uh, 16. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you all agree with that. So then also uh, you went to a pretty small D1 school, like no football team, nothing like that, but somehow they were a cross-country powerhouse. Most people probably never heard of their basketball team or soccer team, but Portland cross-country is insane. Let's talk about Portland and why you ultimately picked them to go there. Okay. Uh, when I was 18, I mean, people make different – choices when they're 18 than they do in any other time in their life, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Fortunately, uh, for probably the wrong reasons, I picked Portland, and it just happened to be the right reason <laughs> <laughs> or the right place. Um, I picked UP because, you know, coming out of school, I was kind of a guy that didn't want to go to uh, – I wasn't really into – I guess uh, I liked authenticity, right? I liked it, and uh, UP was <laughs> was kind of rude <laughs> on my <laughs> on my recruiting trip. Like they made me sleep on a couch, and uh, they had me. They didn't really care what I did, you know. They just kind of had me go through the through the motions, and I guess I liked that the most of all the places I went. Um, so, so they're just so kind of raw, them. huh? They're just kind of raw with it. Yeah, 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 and. And I wouldn't say that's a reason to pick a school for <laughs> for anyone listening, but it's it's probably the reason why I, I ended up going there. Okay. And then also when you're at Portland, you weren't really super motivated at first, but then you kind of just went off of talent. What made you, like, so good later on? Uh, well, the truth is I was, like, good always. Okay. <laughs> really? Uh. I was always pretty good. Like my freshman year, I, I was 26 at regionals, which showed that I could be good. Yeah. Right? I would think I was, which is, it's not like outstanding, but pretty good. Um, Potential's there, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the potential was always there. And when I finally, like, just committed myself to running entirely and even, you know, and having other things figured out, too, like, oh, I can handle all this, the workload. Um, I can just say no to people if I don't want to do something. Uh, it it makes it easier to just get better. 
So were you kind of like that rebel on your team at first, like just kind of going off a of natural talent? I would <laughs> sure. <laughs> like, like you were probably the guy, like you were yeah, probably the guy I, like eating whatever you wanted, not strict diet that type of thing. That's what I mean. Actually, my my one of my best friends on the team, Zach Russell, he was always like really health conscious. So I would always eat dinner with him, and we'd get a salad, and I'd get like a slice of pizza. But I was never, <laughs> I was never like you know. I, I wouldn't eat whatever I wanted, <laughs> but uh, I definitely uh, drank whatever I wanted. <laughs> okay, <laughs> that's for sure. So but a couple beers that, that here also, and there. Yeah, that, that disappears with time as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um. Well, then I guess let's uh, talk about next the Olympic trials that you ran in fresh out of college, a little youngin. Uh, you won your semifinal heat in the five thousand meters and finished eighth place. So. Um, how was that? Yeah. Uh, notorious. Um, okay, all right. Uh, yeah, so I took the race um, after Brian Schrader, or I took, I chased after Brian Schrader after he went for the race at about, about three minutes in, <laughs> when it was obviously too slow to make the Olympic standard. Yeah. Uh, um, so from an objective observer, they understood that these people were doing something irrational and stupid. Um, but from someone in the race, I really liked what he did. Like I, I like when people just go for it and I decided to join him in that moment and support him. <laughs> so he's so, probably a little bit too hard in the prelims maybe? No, no, not at all. No? I wasn't burnt. I really wasn't. Uh, you know, and, and I'm talking about in the finals when I went for it. Um, yeah. I felt actually pretty good in, in the final. Okay. I was burnt by running like a 59 in the middle of my race. Oh, uh, that probably gets yep. you. Okay, yeah, that, yeah. that'll definitely do it. Yeah, we have a teammate oh. at Aquinas where he he would just be going 65, 66s, random 59, separate himself, so it's kind of like that. Yeah. I, I, I can appreciate those people, man. I, <laughs> I kind of like them. Yeah, for sure. So then you're also – I. You're a heel striker. That's what we've learned. Most pros run on their toes or the balls of their feet. You kind of said, nah, I'm good with what feels comfortable, I guess. Yeah. Um, so are you the fastest heel striker of all time? Uh, sure. I'll take it. Yeah. So is that like I'm going to say no. Yeah. So Probably I'm not. I, I guess I don't know off the top of my head a prolific heel striker. So, sure. So yeah. like, what, what's behind that? Like, why have you never really changed the, I guess, what – scientists and coaches say is what what's more efficient i guess i think at the end of the day you just have to racing really doesn't come down to who yeah is going to run the fastest yeah right? exactly most races are, are sit and kick races especially in championship races yeah um so if you just put yourself in the race and you just run with somebody and try and beat them I, I really don't think form is, is going to be, at least over a long distance, going to be a huge factor in a race, right? Yeah, for sure. And then you also, in college, 2015, you uh, trained in Kenya, which most college athletes, yeah, I'll go to Boulder or Flagstaff or Damn. someplace out west, and you decided to go with East Africa. <laughs> so what, yeah. was, what was that story? Let's hear that. <laughs> um, well, my mom's a, a flight attendant. Both my parents were flight attendants, so okay. I got... Free tickets, that helps. 
Right? Oh, yeah. It's not like I had just booked a $2,000 ticket <laughs> out of thin air. But um, one of my teammates said he was going to Africa, said his high school coach was from uh, E10, and it was going to uh, he was going to stay at his house. So I was like, okay, that sounds like really – like he said in the locker room, he announced it. And when people say stuff like that, it sometimes – makes sense. Oh, I can do that too. I guess I'm not doing anything this summer. Um, so I just asked him like, would I be able to go with you? And he's like, yeah. And it turns out like after I got there, I couldn't. So I had to find my own place to stay, but, uh, I was already there. So I was like, okay, I'll fix, you know, I, I really, I don't, I wasn't too worried about it, but, um, so for, it's, for a hot second, happened. you were homeless in East Africa. No, so I I stayed at a, a what I what I ended up doing is I stayed at uh, one of the Western camps for a few days to figure out where I was going to go, okay. and then uh, Sally Kipiego, who's uh, she runs for, well, I don't know if she runs for OTC anymore, but she's she's a great runner. Mm-hmm. Um, she took me under her wing and put me up for a week after I after I got sick. Okay, so what was it like training there? Uh, yeah. It was, uh, it really isn't that different from, I mean, it is different, but people get up every day and they go for a run, right? Okay. The difference is there's not a lot of distractions like there are in the U.S. You don't, I would say I was just less worried about things because there's just nothing else to do. I can just go for a run and take a nap and then uh, go for another run if I want to, you know? That's a life um, right there. I know. No wonder you went out yeah. there. That's a life. It was. It really was. I'd go, I, that's, I want to go back. That's every runner's dream. You just wake up, run, chill out a little, nap, go run some more. Yeah. And I met, I met some Americans there, and we just hung out all day, so it was, it was a blast. Uh, like, what kind of, when you're running there, like, would you guys get some big groups going together, or just a few people, or what? <laughs> yeah, so it's a little, a little different. Uh, everyone at 6 a.m., so it E10's right at the equator, right? So the, yep. the days are 12 hours. Or the, it's night, 12 hours. Days, 12 hours. Okay. So everyone runs at 6 a.m., right, with, at the break of dawn. Okay. And there's probably about 150 people that start at the same place. What? And they start out slow, and, I mean, it's a shuffle at first. And then probably about five minutes in, we're going five-minute pace at, what would say, 8,000 feet. Oh, wow. Yeah. It picks up real quick. Did you Especially if the Zungus are in the group, if, uh, if there are white people there. Did you get your ass kicked then? Nope. <laughs> I really don't think so. It didn't, it, it really, I, I do my best to surprise people, and uh, I never tried to get dropped. That was my goal. I definitely got my ass kicked when I first got there, but yeah, yeah. picked it up. Because you are from Colorado, so you're kind of used to the altitude. It's not like, we're from Michigan, if we were just getting dropped out into Kenya... Yeah. We would die. die. I don't think so. They're actually really, they're pretty supportive. They think that all white people like aren't as good as them. So they're like, you'll be, you'll be fine, man. You'll be great. <laughs> so then now currently you train with Barman Track Club with, I mean, honestly, American legends like Jager, Lopez Lamont, who just won the 10,000 title, Chris Derrick. How's the dynamic in that group? Like training with all of them. Um, I think I've talked about this before. Uh, it's the most level group I've ever been part of. Okay. Where 
even though we have these all-stars, um, I think our workouts are written so hard that we have to all understand that we have to carry our weight and that nobody is is going to take more than the other person. So it kind of creates uh, a very level uh, atmosphere. Okay. Uh, well, that's, that's pretty cool training with them, but we're talking about the barman and babes here that you're hanging out with. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, what's up? A, a, <laughs> a little laugh? Okay. It's like, um, yeah, because it's funny. Because every team, I remember in college too, people were like, wow, dude, your team is, is so hot. It's, it's crazy. But it's like every team from the outside doesn't doesn't see the people for the way we know them. We just yeah. see them as ordinary people. And, and like, we see other teams as we put them on a pedestal, you know? It's, yeah. Really, they're just, they're just normal people. The babes are nice, though. Oh, I bet. <laughs> a lot of candy for you. So let's let's spit some uh, barman fun facts. Which barman teammate is the worst to be roommates with when you go to like altitude camp? Like whether they're messy, fart a lot, something like that. Who do you not want to be roommates with? I honestly don't. I think it's probably me. I'm. I'm. It's probably I'm the hardest. So I have my own you way then. of doing things, and, and sometimes it's step on people's toes. Okay, so which barman teammate is your favorite? Uh, I like everyone. Okay, I probably. Uh, I thought about <laughs> you this. You know, before. you see, in, um, I, <laughs> on track cocaine, you don't have to. I, I, get, I get lost in it because it's. I'm oh, sorry, go ahead. Oh, you don't have to put out the mumble jumble like, yo, oh, I like everybody equal. No, we can get to the cold hard facts. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I honestly like wouldn't give you that. I, w- I really wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, there are four. There are parts of each person that I really like. I think the person I'm closest to at the moment is Ryan Hill because he lives in Northwest. Okay. And then, uh, which bar and babe do you think is the most attractive? <laughs> I get him in trouble here. I mean, objectively, I would have to say, like, looks wise, would probably be Colleen, right? Yeah, I mean, she's a model. Just from an objective perspective. And then By you, looks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So okay. I guess we'll go with that. And then you used to have long hair. Who had better flow? You and you had long hair or currently Evan? Who had the best flow? Who yeah. Was, who was the fiercest? Yeah. Uh, fiercest flow. My hair is actually receding, if you can't tell. <laughs> oh, man. So... <laughs> uh, you know what, man? Mine was pretty rad. Back when, did you ever see the man bun? Oh, yeah. Yeah, you had it when you finished yeah, the NCAs. That's right, yeah. Alright, and is Jerry pretty strict like Salazar? Is he pretty lenient? Oh, he's an interesting character. Um, <laughs> I would say Jerry, if he understands you and you understand him and you communicate with him, he's very lenient. Okay. Like he, me and Jerry, when I tell Jerry what I want to do, he's usually like, yeah. But I think we're on the same page most of the time if jerry disagrees with something that you want to do he won't like do it that's it was like nope but that that has yet to happen to me well that's good what's something that you think he would say no to if you were to ask him uh jerry actually oh man if i said jerry can i go back to africa he'd probably say no like why do you want to do that that's that's fair. You know what? He might say yes, though. He might say yes. Just tell me I use all those free miles on something. Uh, 
<laughs> yeah, three flying miles. miles. Yeah, I'll offer to miles. take him out to Italy or something. I'll offer to have him go with you. <laughs> Jerry doesn't care about life experiences like that. I think he cares more about one, his family, and two, Bowerman being the best club. I think going places is only a way of making those things better. And personally, my opinion, I do think like I'm not ass kissing. I do think Bowerman is the best club with like all around. Yeah, I agree. Like and then Shelby, we, she's we a beast. Be, Shelby's dominant in the U.S. right now. Yeah, for sure. She's um, probably the best woman. Courtney's always a contender in the sequel now. Colleen, when she's healthy, is going to be right there. Yep. Uh, and then, don't even get me started on the Bowerman dudes, man. I think. Oh, geez. Yeah, I mean, Evan's the best American steepler ever. I mean, yeah. The question on the team is which side is better? The and Bowerman dudes or the Bowerman babes? I don't care. Yeah, which one do you think? You know, I'm going to have to go with the Bowerman dudes. I mean, the best. The best male steepler of all time. Probably the distance runner with the most range of all time with Lopez Lamong. Yep. And then you have uh, Ryan Hill, who just got runner-up at USATFs in the 5K. We got Woody Kincaid, the, be- the, the fastest podcast oh, runner. Uh, fastest heel striker <laughs> the last podcast Mississippi. runner of all time. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to stick with the Barham Babes. <laughs> got to get the eye candy in there. <laughs> oh, man. So yeah, we just brought up your podcast. You currently have your own podcast called Price of a Mile. Let's hear about that. Like, what's your goals that you have behind that? Well, I mean, currently I've had a hiatus of the entire track season. Yeah. So the fact that you, yeah, yeah. So my goals are just to keep it consistent at this moment. Okay. <laughs> I, I have been, yeah, 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 I have been happy with the the way it's been received. Um, it seems. It seems to be doing pretty well just on what it's doing right now. Perfect. I mean, it's, uh, what it's, do you, part, it's part of goal? Sidious. It's part of Sidious, and Sidious is pretty much has the same goal as us, which is essentially take over Flowtrack as the premier running outlet because Flowtrack charges money for everything. So we're not big Flowtrack fans over here. I'm they trash. So um, we'll get to like a couple fun little questions. Which of these professional athletes – do you think would win in a 5,000 meter? Steph Curry, Aaron Rodgers, Michael Phelps, or Ronda Rousey? Steph Curry, Ronda Rousey, was it Michael Phelps? And Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers? Uh, probably Phelps. He's got the aerobic potential there. That's, that's my pick, too. Uh, I'll take, yeah. Who would win? I take Ronda Rousey for second, though. Who would be last? I mean, boxing takes a lot. Who would be last? Yeah. Uh, Rogers. Yeah. That's that's exactly my mindset. Yeah. All right, so Rogers. Yeah. Oh, cheese. What's uh your best or funniest running story? Uh, yeah, I knew you guys were gonna ask me this question, and we asked everybody this question. I mean, running doesn't. Yeah. 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 I. For having a podcast on running, I usually am like more like inspired by other people's description of a of a, of a story that, that I was part of. Where it's like, man, that's not how it happened. Let me explain how it actually happened. Okay. Uh, but because every run has the same story to me, you know, 
know, get up, go for a run. It's, it's almost like a, a lullaby in a lot of ways. You know, it's like something that you do every day. Yeah. And it's just, it feels like the outward scene. But I'm sure, let me think. Maybe like the most eye-opening run I've ever had was uh, when I was in Kattegat, and I went, I went for like a. So Kattegat is where like the aspiring runners go when people want to make it to the U.S. E10, believe it or not, is too expensive for people because twenty cents a day is too much, and it's and to them it's been westernized and, and it's not even like sustainable anymore. Okay. Uh, so I went to this place. I was in Kattegat. And training with uh, people from Kenya, trying to all from all over Kenya, trying to make it to the U.S. And I went for a run to watch them do a workout. And for the whole workout, the coach there he just yelled like scholarship, scholarship every <laughs> lap. And they, it, it's like winding a, a winding them up, man. It, it really was pretty surprising to me how much how deep people would go just to get to the United States. It it was interesting. That's awesome. It's, it's probably very, it. it's probably very eye-opening too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah, uh, it, like, it definitely was that. Like that's yeah. probably the best way to put it, just eye-opening and how privileged really we are over here. Uh, yeah. I mean, we. All, I mean, I've also seen people do anything for a scholarship in high school too, but it's that's true. It certainly was. It was weird. Yeah. Or uh, Boris Berrien going from flipping burgers to U.S. champion. Yeah. God, gotta love the people pulling themselves up by the bootstraps. Yep. So, now we'll go, we call this Fast Facts, where I spit off like five to ten questions and you just answer them as fast as you possibly can. And, uh... Okay. Just, just off the top of your head. Favorite type of beer? Uh... German. Alright. Marvel or DC? Uh, DC. What field event would you want to do if you could? Uh, pole vault. Pole vault, definitely. All right. Yeah. Uh, favorite place you've ever raced? Uh, New York. And uh, would you rather party with Charlie Sheen or Rob Gronkowski? Oh, would I rather party with him? Uh, yeah. Probably, definitely, definitely Charlie Sheen. I, I'm not a Patriots fan. <laughs> Thank you. I'm the Someone biggest. Finally said I'm the biggest Jesus Patriots Christ. fan. Oh, I'm a huge that, Patriots fan. Oh, shit. <laughs> I don't want to even put this thing live anymore. <laughs> right, so, I'm serious. Take it down. <laughs> All right, so last thing. Um, advice for a young runner who wants to be the next Woody. Woody Kincaid. Do you mean a, you mean a guy who's a heel striker? Yeah, uh, yeah. There's plenty <laughs> a guy who's kind of late to running? There. You give kids hope. You, like, speak for all the heel strikers out there. They... They look at uh, Jager and they're like, well, can't be as fast as him. He just has better form. And then there's Woody over here. Yeah, no, I can just compete with anybody. Uh, I don't heel strike, but uh, it's just pure will. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, that's probably not true, though. It, but you have to believe that, I right, guess, yeah. was my first advice. Um, and then, major advice was, you know, just get some consistency early, man. Get to bed. Brush your teeth. All that. Perfect. All right, well. Good miles. Yeah. Miles. All right, well, perfect. We appreciate it. I mean, you pretty much covered everything we had to ask. Um, best of luck the rest of the year. And uh, thanks for being our that's sixth great. guest. That's it, huh? That's it? Yeah, well, that's it. Really-
As always, like and subscribe. Give us some love if you like what you see. Give us a shout out. We appreciate all the support. It's been unreal so far.